Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning. Good morning. All right, that's better. Now everybody is good, okay? Uh, I, I'm just so glad to be here and um, uh, good to see Pastor Scott and uh, Pastor Michael. They were on the other side, uh, the central Guam, every nation central Guam. We were there just to give a couple of greetings. I was there to tell them that if you have never seen any Malaysian, this is the best ever looking Malaysian that you will get ever. Uh, but Pastor Mike came out while I was talking and stopped me halfway and, and declared that this is the most not good looking Malaysian, okay? So anyway, so there's a little bit of a, never mind, we are in Christ, okay? Uh, but you know what, before I start, I have half an hour, am I correct, Pastor Mark? Uh, so 12.30, okay, great. I just want to honour Pastor Mark and uh, Terry. I know she's not here, but I just want to honour their leadership. Uh, we had them a couple of years ago in Malaysia, and uh, th- this is how we explain it to our church people. We tell our church people, if you've been through Victory Weekend, and you've been through some form of counselling, and you are still stuck in your bondage, we'll have Pastor Mark and Terry. They are the high-end minister. We say high-end. Okay, they are the high end that will come and sort it out for you with Christ. Okay, so I just want to honor really their leadership. They are the high end that will come and, you know, your life messed up all those. So I'm here, part of it is to, so that he can sort out some part of my life as well. Okay, I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, we were here for this weekend. Uh, this is my second time to Guam. Uh, the last time I came to Guam was about, I don't know, eight to nine years ago. And, um, you know, I have a saying that if you ever come to Malaysia, and if you have not visited uh, Every Nation Church Malaysia, then your trip to Malaysia is incomplete. Uh, whether you go to the Twin Tower, the Triple Tower, or the Quadruple, you know, what I mean? it doesn't matter, okay? But you must come to visit. So the last time I came to Guam, uh, we had a meeting behind, but I, I never. So this is my first ever complete uh, Guam uh, visitation because I get to visit the church and eat Jamaican grill as well, okay? So anyway, uh, so that was fantastic, okay? Now, uh, let me begin by uh, showing a picture of my family. Uh, that's my family. Uh, I've got three boys and one girl. And uh, some of you do not know, but everywhere I go, if it's the first time, I'll tell you the story. Uh, we are Chinese. We are good in family planning. So every three years, we have one child. Uh, begins with Joel, the first one. Three years later, Joash, second one. Third, uh, three years later, we have Joash, I mean, jo- sorry, Jaden, the third son. And then we decided to stop, okay? So I went to Manila, you know, we were one of the pastors, you know, anyway. Uh, we did whatever medical necessarily to no longer reproduce, so to speak. Okay, if you do not know that, Google. Uh, but uh, so we were not supposed to have, but five years later, uh, while actually just before I came up to preach, my wife texted me. She said, I think I'm pregnant. So... I said, no way. I said, no way. I rebuke you, you know. And then she said, no, I think I'm pregnant. So I came up. How many of you would agree with me? The message was very short. I don't know what did I talk about, but I quickly finished the message, rushed home. And my wife said, you know, I just came back from the clinic. It's true, I'm pregnant. And, and she was so confident that it's going to be a girl. And I, I kept telling her, don't be so confident because we have strong gene in boys. I mean, three boys. I mean, could you imagine, okay? And I said, don't. Be, no, no, no. God spoke to me as a girl. So it's going to be a girl. I said, no, no. Because how many of you giving, you know, just very, it's just a dot. No way it's boy or girl. I mean, you know, but she kept on telling me. And nine months later, true, it's going to be a girl. And being a man of faith, I go everywhere, tell people, I know it's a girl. I know it. No, truly, it's my wife, okay? So anyway... <laughs> 
Uh, we, we enjoyed them. I had uh, Father's Day. I uh, preached a Father's Day's message. I got them, my three boys up on the stage with me to have a conversation with them, uh, just to talk a little bit about parenting, their view, my view, and then uh, work through differences between teens and what they do, what I did. And we had a great time together. I did not put my daughter because she's kind of a diva kind of a mentality, you know. She, she needs to see Pastor Mark and Terry very soon, okay. But uh, so she has this... So we just don't know what's going to happen if we put, up on, put her up on stage. But you know what? Having a daughter is so different from having boys. How many of you would agree with me? Uh, before I travel, my daughter took out all the sticky notes. She stuck all over my bag, my, my notebook, my computer, my iPad. She stuck all the sticky notes. You know, you're the best dad, you know, forgive me when I'm wrong. I mean, she had notes all over my bag for my boys. For Father's Day, like, oh, is this Father's Day? Uh, where, are we going to, where are we going to eat that? I mean, <laughs> those are boys, okay? So girls are the ones that will, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, God was gracious to my wife to give her sanity, uh, you know, so that she doesn't go insane by uh, putting a, giving us a, a daughter, okay? Uh, this is our church new building. That's where we were, and that's why you must come and visit us uh, uh, internally. Uh, this is before we actually started to build, and then this is how it looks like from a certain angle. It sits about 700 people or 700 over more, depending <coughs> they're going to put extra seats or not. Uh, but it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a building that serves well, and uh, obviously today uh, I had a, uh, that's how it looks like with all the, you know, the light thing, you know, all those things, and every weekend we have balloon coming down, ice cream, and oh gosh, you wouldn't believe it, okay? That's, that's just, you know, anyway, okay, this is, you know, so it's, it's a nice stage and everything, okay? I'm going to talk about Arise and Build. I came to Pastor Mark and I said, you know, Pastor Mark, we are here to serve you. We, whatever you want us to do. So I look at Pastor Mark and I said, what is closest to your heart right now? And then Pastor Mark told me that he says for, and I'm sure he is the right person at some point to come to the whole church and potentially share that little bit of things that the Lord has potentially put in his heart. And he says that uh, just a couple of times over a few months, different people have spoken to him that little phrase called arise and build. Uh, now, I, 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 don't want, I, I want Pastor Mark to eventually lead the church to see what the Lord is leading you. I felt I can serve this church a little bit by seeding you the first seed of thought about that little phrase, just to sow that little seed. Someone is going to water it. Eventually, God is the one that's going to cause it to grow. And especially because we just kind of walked through a journey uh, of number of years to come to a point we, we actually have our own building, uh, which is so essential in Malaysia because when you lease a building, the government can come in and find the owner or whatever it is, and the owner doesn't want to allow us to use the building, then we've got to look for another place. So once you have your own building, and we are at the final stage to get a uh, religious approval to be a religious building so that regardless of governmental change, we are stuck with that, okay? So we're in that little final stage trying to sort all those things out. And so my desire is I want to put that little thought or that little word in you. Now, how many of you would agree with me? God deals with us with words, right? Words. Words are, words are powerful. Uh, all of us are excited because there are certain words. If you're a World Cup fan, uh, you talk about soccer right now, oh, you are excited or you are depressed depending on which team you support, okay? If you go to a girl or a woman and say, soccer, they'll be like, huh? 
That's not in their vocabulary. In fact, they may curse the word, they may rebuke it, they may, you know, it's almost, anyway, okay? But if you go to a girl or a woman and say, shopping, <laughs> right? All of a sudden, the neuron connects. The nerve, the, the anointing dawned upon them, you know? I mean, uh, you know what I'm saying? Because words excite you, words depress you, words form you, words shape you. Words are very powerful. Which is why, if you read the Bible, consistently there's a little phrase in the Bible that says, the word of the Lord came. Have you seen those words? The word of the Lord came to Elijah. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah. The word of the Lord came. I mean, there is this little phrase. The word of the Lord. So God works with word. So my intention in this short little message, 30 minutes, and I will not do justice, I will potentially can cover the word arise because the word arise is a big vocabulary, a, a vocabulary of God. I can potentially just cover that word and I want to seed that word into your heart. Can I good amen? Yeah. Alright, so that that word somehow will just kind of resonate within your spirit and you know certain time where God comes to you and says the word arise and something rises up within you, okay? Now, the word arise... It's, 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 it's actually gum, G-U-M. It's almost like guam, almost, okay? And uh, it appears about a couple of hundred times in the Bible. Arise, rise, rose, you know, I mean, just that little word, okay? Now, but the word is used in many different contexts. There are times when someone tells someone, let's go, arise. There is a category when man tells man to arise. But there is a whole new category when God tells you to arise, yeah. right? So if you take the concept of arise and work through every time when God tells you to arise, uh, it's really phenomenal. So I kind of did a little bit of a word study and a word research just on this word called arise. Now, let me give you the list of people that God has come to them and said the word arise. This is not exhaustive, but at least for now, okay? Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Barak, Gideon, Samuel, Elijah, Jeremiah, Jonah, Philip, Paul, uh, uh, this guy, Ananias, I mean, the Bible has a whole list of men of God that God came to them and said, arise. Now, so I, I want to say this, as I see you this thought, I want to take this opportunity that God will come to this church and put a little phrase in your heart. It wasn't soccer, it wasn't shopping, it wasn't Jamaican grill, uh, that's part of it, okay? But the word arise, that just that little word that will stuck to your spirit, that you step out from this place, there's something that resonates within you. You know God is wanting you to rise up for an occasion, for something that God has set up for this church, okay? Now, when you work through the word arise, there is at least four different contexts, which means you take the word arise and you group them accordingly to all the different things that God has spoken to them. Not people to people, God to individual and spoken to them the word arise. You potentially will fall into four different categories. Let me give you, give you that four different categories, very, very simple. Number one, it means to stand up and be counted. And if you look through the Bible, when God came to Gideon in the book of Judges, the first phrase God spoke to Gideon is, Arise, you are a mighty man of valor, which 
which the Bible tells you, four, three chapters later, or two chapters later, Gideon went to the people, and he, what he did was copy-paste. He literally copied everything that God asked him and told the people. You know, there's something about once you receive that little phrase arise, it grows in you that everywhere you go, everyone you meet, you tell them. Once you see something from God, once you saw something of God, it could be evangelism, it could be prayer, you become a reproducer of that. You will just go around, you know, my, I, I saw something, and I, and I hope that this little phrase arise, will just start when, that, that means someone stand up and to be counted, you can go through Barak, entire generation has lost that word arise, even in Gideon's case. And you can go through Barak. Deborah was the one that came. God spoke to her. He says, Barak, arise. Lead your people into victory. Stand up and be counted. You can... The story of Elijah in 1 Kings 17, when he was defeated and he was alone, he felt so defeated that he didn't know what to do. And, and God sent Raven, remember? Raven Catering Company. Okay? And fed him, right? After God fed him, the angel of the Lord came and says, Arise, stand up and be counted with your life. In fact, the book of, uh, just the story of Elijah itself, there has three different arise that has happened in his life, okay? Uh, the second meaning of arise is stand up to seize a prophetic moment of destiny where all of a sudden God spoke to arise. It means there is a task for you. There is a destiny. Remember the story of Abraham in Genesis 12 where the Bible talked about, or Genesis 11, when he had a argument with Lot. No way, sorry, it will, it will not be 11, it's 12 and above, okay? And he had a disagreement with Lot. And then the Bible says that Lot was very sad because, I mean, sorry, Abraham was very sad because Lot departed from him. You know what? The next phrase in the Bible, God came to him and says, Arise, walk the land, for wherever you walk, that belongs to you. Wow. There was, you know, God just come to Abraham and says, You seize that destiny, that moment that I have for you. You can go through Joshua. Moses is dead. Arise, Joshua. Lead the people into the promised land. You go, go to Paul where God spoke to him. Okay, I'll tell you what to do. Uh, go to that city. And uh, the third reason, when, or the third application for the word arise is stand up to turn the tide around. When there was something, when the flood, enemy of the, uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, someone to stand up and turn the tide. And you can find that story in Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 9, when he was up in the mountain, receiving revelation and the Ten Commandments. God spoke to Moses and says, Arise, go down quickly, because the people were sinning. So something rise up within Moses where he went down quickly and he confronted the sin because, you know, and, and the, the word arise was just used so powerfully in this little context. Then you've got David who was fighting against Philistine and he didn't know what to do. God spoke to him and says, arise, go to Kailah and fought the enemy. I'm going to give that victory to you. And finally, it's for you to stand up and receive the God-given task. There is a task for you. Uh, you can go there with Elijah where God asked him to, uh, to go and meet King Ahab to warn against him. You have Jonah, where God says, Arise, go to Nineveh. You have Philip in uh, the book of Acts chapter 8, where God spoke to him. He says, Philip, I want you to go south. 
because I am going to use you. And when he went there, he saw an African eunuch and he preached the gospel, which potentially that was the man that went down to Africa and eventually spread the gospel in Africa. And you got Ananias where God spoke to him. He says, arise, go and meet up with Paul, anoint him for that is the man that I'm going to... Now, so when you work through the entire vocabulary or the concept of arise, it's really rich because it talks about stand up to be counted. It talks about stand up to seize the prophetic moment. It talks about stand up to turn the tide around. And it talks about stand up and receive the God-given task. Now, would you right now, one, two, three, shout out a big word, arise. Okay, one, two, three. Arise! Yes, I, just, just in your spirit sometimes. So when you go back home and you find that you are fighting against pornography, something within you say, rise up. Rise up, turn that tide around. If you felt like your life is mundane, I hope you walk away this that, that little word and says, you know what, there's a task that God has given us. Now, so before I even introduce the concept of build, the whole arise and build, <coughs> which happens only two times in the Bible, arise and build, the rest were arise, go, arise, uh, do this, arise, do that. The whole family and the concept of arise is a big terminology of God. Now, in that whole entire concept, the word build comes in two occasions. One was when they were building the temple of Solomon. God came to David and then spoke to Solomon and says, Arise and finish the task. And then the other one was used by Nehemiah. If we have time, we're going to look through that passage where God spoke to Nehemiah and arise and finish the wall that is surrounding Jerusalem. Arise and build. Okay, now, what I'm trying to say is this, okay? I really felt like when Pastor Mark came to me and says, you know what, God has been speaking that word, arise and build, arise and build. I felt that my task is to seek you the first thought. The first thought is, it begins with arise. Come on, say it together. Arise, it begins with that. Something has to rise up within your spirit. Whether it's to, to be counted, to seize the prophetic moment, to turn the tide around, and to receive the God-given task. Okay, now, um, because of time, okay, I will just not go to the word build. I, I will just stuck to that. And I'll tell you a little bit of story of how the word arise and build eventually was very meaningful as we take on our journey, all right? Now, so I have, I've been pastoring the church for quite a while, actually. And uh, every year I kept on looking for someone to pass it on, but right now, not there, so I'm still the one. Uh, any volunteer? I'm just kidding, okay. <laughs> And uh, church is growing. Uh, we have our growing pains. We have our challenges. But as we hit the word uh, towards 2009 or 2010, it was clear that we are growing. The church is about maybe three, 400 by then or less than four, 300 over, something like that. It's, it's clear that we needed a new building. So we kind of started on a search for, for the next potential place, all right? Something stirred up within my heart. In that journey, we found a piece of land that is about um, 80 over 1,000 square feet, about 8,000 square meter, all right? It's a good piece of land. It will cost us about 2 million US dollar. Uh, and uh, these are all huge money, okay, especially in the Malaysian context, all right? Uh, but, you know, when I saw that piece of land, I felt the Lord spoke to me so clear that uh, take that land. And, uh, and one of the things that the Lord spoke to me is, I will bring businessmen that you do not know to actually fund to buy that piece of land. So with full of faith, 2010, we purchased that land. 2011, uh, one of my church members had a, 
uh, his former general manager who was interested to discover God. So, I, so he, he introduced him to me. We sat down at a restaurant that I own, a, a, res, a restaurant. Yeah, you know, when you don't feed people well spiritual food, at least you feed them good physical food. Okay? So we sat down over two dinners, and this is how he began. He says that, you know, I, I'm, I'm rich. I mean, this is a rich businessman. I'm rich. Uh, my family is well. I'm not sick. Uh, there's no reason for me to look for God, just in case you thought I have a need. I don't have a need. I, that's how he began. He says, I am interested to know God because I'm so well-to-do that I have so much time, I don't know what to do. I don't have to work for the rest of my life. He says, I wanted to know if there is spirituality. So he says, I've been to a Buddhist, I've been to a monk, I've been to a Muslim, you know, Ustad, whatever. He says, obviously, I'm interested to know about Christianity, so I came to you as a pastor. So I said, you came to the right pastor. And I'm just kidding, okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding, okay? So we begin to engage. In fact, the first time he ever came to church, he sat right behind me. It was fascinating because he's never been to church. Throughout the entire worship service, he was just looking around. He was just looking around, writing, I mean, just like a journalist. So right after the service, I asked him. I said, I said how was the service? He said, Pastor, I've got two questions. I said, all right, you can ask me. He says, I'm fascinated by, by the service, especially the part where you're seeing karaoke. <laughs> I said, okay, let's, let's call worship. Okay, worship, okay, yeah, karaoke. He says, when you're singing, you know, like the karaoke part, okay, yeah, okay, I, I got it, okay. He says, and then he says this, okay, it's fascinating. He says, why in the world some people put their hands in the pocket and some people lift up their hand and sow into it? Boy, I, I don't know how to explain. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, I am one of those who lift up my hand. <laughs> and not, on the, not in my pocket, right? So anyway, and then he, he said this, okay. He says, he says, I know what I don't have. I said, what do you don't have? He says, I don't have that. I don't have that. He says, I don't have that. He says, that is something I need to find. So we took on, on a journey one-to-one. Man, I tell you what, this guy is so rich. Ser- seriously. The second time I did one-to-one with him, after that he says, oh, pastor, uh, I got a little check for the church. And it was a 15,000 US dollar. He says, I, you know, I, I, do, I don't know what to give to, but, you know, to the church, you know. Wow, I said, one-to-one is really nice. <laughs> no, no. So, he, he travels. He actually is a Malaysian, but he works in China. He travels to and fro. So, every month, he will come back for one week, and then we'll have, we'll have lunch. I'll do one-to-one with him, and then he'll come to church. So that was the arrangement. So he, we did that for about four to five times. Then we already bought, so we bought that land somewhere in Feb or March, and then, he, you know, in, in May, he gotten saved. By the time we hit about September, he came and asked me, he says, he says, Pastor, I heard from people that you actually bought a piece of land. I said, yeah. I said, how come you never tell me? I said, uh, well, my, I'm to help you to grow your faith. I, so, you know, I mean, that, that's not necessary. No, 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 it's very important for me. So, okay, then he says, you know, I'm going to come in October. He says, could you just tell me what's your plan? So, okay, on October, I came, I have a little sketch, you know, I sketch with him, this is what we want to build, you know. So, I said, okay, nice. He said, I like it. He came back in December. And I still remember he came back on the third day before Christmas. He called me. He says, Pastor Tim, he says, can, can we have lunch? I said, sure. 
So I'm, I'm surprised he came back, you know. So we had lunch, and when we sat down for lunch, he looked at me and said, you know what, Pastor, uh, God spoke to me. I, I'm going to give you a million ringgit. So that means about uh, 300,000 US then. Now it's about 250,000 US. He says, God spoke to me. I, I'm going to give 250,000 uh, for the church building. Wow. Come on, how many of you are excited for that? Yeah, I mean, okay. Now, I want you to know, he wasn't even in our radar. He wasn't even someone that I knew when we bought the land. So when the Lord spoke to me, there's going to be businessmen that will help. Wow, that blows me away. The next year, in the month of July, this is a funny story because in the month of July, I told my leadership team, I said, you know what, last year Christmas, God gave us a Christmas gift. I said, this year in July, I've been reminding God that Christmas is coming. Okay, that's where that... Okay. Now... First week of December, he came back. He says, oh, Pastor Tim, can I have lunch with, again with him? I said, sure. So we met for lunch. He says, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I'm a new Christian, but the Lord wants me to give another 250000 So he wrote another check. I mean, this, this man has literally just, just blessed us. Okay? Now, everything was so on track for us to build that land. We worked through legally. By the time we finished, it was 2014 we finally gotten the approval. The finance, you know, it, it takes about five million, I think, at least, uh, to build that, to build a building that we desired. The, the, the finance has still some gap, but we are believing we are in faith. God has been really been faithful in every capacity. Then we hit a difficult patch. The architect came back to us and says, you know, from the budgeted to build this building at about four to five million, now it will take you nine to ten million. I, I almost fell from my chair. I was shocked. I said, how in the world could I be? This is a professional team. They blame it on the quantity surveyor kind of a guy, you know, who did the wrong calculation. So, but they were still confident. They said, you know what, we're going to call for tender. You know, so they did a couple of rounds. Then he came back to me and says, you know, Pastor Tim, I, I don't think we can do it at 5 million. We have to minimally at 8 million and or 9. And I think I can save max 1 million US for you with all the compromise on the matter. And I, I, you know what? That day, I was depressed. Can you imagine? 2010, we led the entire church. We did building fund campaign. You know, we pray. We, pray, you know, we tell the story of the businessman, all those. And then, now you are telling me that we could not build because the finance is too big. You know, and I do not want to go there because I do not want to read the newspaper one day. One Malaysian pastor who failed in the building project tried to attempt to commit suicide or whatever. You know. I mean, I don't want to be that kind of a guy, okay? Heart attack. You know? um, so anyway, I, I knew that we couldn't do it. You know what? I, for the first time in my life, I plunged into depression for two to three days. I didn't know what to do. It was the most difficult moment of my life. Which one of my boys on Father's Day shared his perspective on how I pulled through that when I was at that stage and that left a mark in his life. My eldest son talked about how he watched me pull through that two to three days working through in my heart, in my spirit, just working through. When I plunged into that depression, I didn't know what to do. Right where we are in our old church, right opposite, there is a factory lot available. The size, obviously, is about 25% of what we wanted to build. It's, it's, it's way smaller, okay? However, it is way strategic in terms of location, parking, and everything. Cut a long story short, all right? Now, I need to go exit a bit. Is that okay? To tell the story, Pastor Mark can? All right, you okay? Okay. 
he, he has that stern face, okay? Yeah, 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 okay. Now a bit of a smile, okay? So, so, this is, oh, so this is a story, okay? Right opposite our face. No, so I was told, okay, so one day, I walk over uh, to the other building, and I, and, I told, and I told the guard that, hey, you know what? I heard this building might be available for sales because the tenant is moving out, or at least for lease. I said, and I passed my name card to the security guard. The guard is from Pakistan, okay? I passed my name card. I said, could you tell the owner that I'm interested? The next day, I saw the owner coming to our church and pass us his name card. I was busy. My secretary took the name card. So I was impressed with the Pakistani guard. I mean, you know, these are just, you know, I mean, guards. I, 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 I couldn't imagine, wow, this guard is so efficient. So a week later, I met up with the owner. When I met up with the owner, this is what he told me. I said, hey, you know what? Your guard was so super efficient, man. He says, no, no guard passed me anything. I said, then how in the world did you know that we were interested? He says, you know, I was just looking, your church was growing, and a couple of years ago when you all moved here, I was know that you all were looking. So I thought as this building, well, we will make it available, I walk over and pass you my name card. Wow, then for Chinese, he's a Chinese, I'm a Chinese. Then he kind of looked at me and says, we are fated. Now, you know for Chinese, fated means it's divinely arranged. So then I look at him, I said, yeah, we are fated. <laughs> so I said, you must help us to keep the building for us because we are fated. He says, okay, okay. Fated also means cheaper price, fated. <laughs> okay, okay. okay? In, in a funny way, okay, we had a little conversation. But you know what? That man kept that building for us. For us to buy that building, three biggest miracles need to happen. Number one, we must be able to sell the land that we bought. Right? Number two, the owner must reserve the piece of building for us because we need to sell the land, get the money to buy this. It all was difficult transaction. Number three, which is the biggest miracle, we need to get a bank loan. Nobody wants to loan to churches in Malaysia. In fact, there is no legal clause that says you, you should loan to church. So nobody wants to loan. So I need three biggest miracles. I tell you what, God did all these three biggest miracles in the span of six months. First of all, the owner protected for us the building. He, he, he shoo everybody away. He says that, you know what, the church wants it, so I'll keep it. In fact, when I bought the building, he gave us six months for me to make my down payment because I needed... Nobody does that with interest-free. Can you imagine that? He was such a favourable, just the blessing of God. That land, well, a week later, uh, 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 an agent knocked on my door and says, I heard you want to sell the piece of land. To cut a long story short, he, he found me a buyer. We bought the land for $2 million. We sold it for $4 million. Immediately, we had an infuse of cash. So we bought the new building. The last miracle that I need was an approval for the bank loan. Now, I tell you what, that was an incredible, incredible miracle. Every time when you arise, you will see God's provision like never before. Seriously, I don't know how to explain it. If you, if you never step out for the miraculous, you will, you will not see. Some of our life is so safe because we never step out, right? We just, we just, I don't know how to say it, okay? Now, so when we did that, what a biggest miracle. I knew that we need to get a bank loan. And I went through every, every connection that I have. I couldn't get a bank loan. The bank that we were with was, was let's say, called A Bank, and <clears throat> Bank A, and, I, and, I, and they rejected us. Left, right, centre, up, down, north, south, east, west. They just rejected everything. 
So I asked them, who is the decision maker? So they told me, the decision maker is B, right? Now, typically what you do is this, okay? I was in the corporate world. I call up every corporate friend that I have, and some of them were, were quite high position. And they said, you know what? <clears throat> we know someone that knows B. So I spoke to someone who knows B, and I said, could you arrange for a dinner so that I can meet B? And then I can tell him the need for a loan. This person was through another friend who then looked at me and says, you know, Pastor, I'd like to help you, but I really don't know you. But what I'll do is I'll give you his personal mobile number. Why don't you give it a try? So I took down his personal number. Now, how many of you know that, at least in Malaysia, I'm sure in Singapore and all those, whenever you receive a number that you do not know, are you excited to pick up the call? No, some of us, like, we don't even bother, right? Because it could be a marketing call, bank call, could be a debtor call, could be... Whatever who is calling you, right? I mean, you, you don't want you don't want to you don't want to pick up the phone. So I knew I have only one shot, and especially they're high level. You know, when you are a high level, you know, second to the owner kind of a, you receive a no, you don't pick up the phone. You just will be, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. You shut down, right? I mean, we'll do that all the time. So anyway, cut a long story short. I was doing a devotion one morning, Psalms 143 verse eight. It says that God will cause me to hear His loving kindness in the morning and he will tell me the way I should go. Paraphrase that verse. You can go back and check. Psalm 143, verse 8. I was reading that scripture. That scripture jumped so alive to me, and I knew that one morning, I will make a call to this man. I just don't know when. So about a week later, I was driving my son to his school, and that verse flashed back in my mind, and I knew that I got to call this person right now. And I still remember, it was 10 a.m. Nobody called corporate people at 10 a.m. You know why? They're in meetings. You go to work, you go to meetings. So at 10, 10, 15 a.m., I knew I needed to call this man. As every good citizen of Malaysia, I stopped the car by the roadside. Okay, don't call and drive. Stopped the car by the roadside and I make that call. It rings. One time, two times, by the third time, he picked up the call. And I know I have only 10 seconds to make the best impression. So I sing a song. No, no, I'm just saying. No, 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 I didn't, okay? So I've got 10 seconds. So I, 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 I begin by this, okay? I say, I'm a pastor. I say, could you have 30 seconds for me? He paused. And then he says, okay, go ahead. I didn't even know, is he a Christian, whatever? Has he heard of God? I say, I'm a pastor. We have a bank loan attached with the land. I need to get a new loan. Your management has rejected me everywhere. Could you reopen the file and take a look at it? Could you? Silence on the phone and he says, Give me your reference number. I said, I will. Put down the phone. I went back to the church. I take up the file, text him the serial number. Two days later, the loan was approved on my desk. Now, I want you to know, still today, still today, I have not met him, seen him, never. Till today. I had a second conversation with him after everything was done, just to thank him. I asked him out for a meal just to thank him. He said, it's okay. I, he doesn't even go to church. I invited him. He says, maybe one day I'll come. But I want you to know, only God can do that for us. So I want to say this as I bring all this to a close. For you as a church to arrive at a rise and build, 
the first of all, the word arise has to be something in your spirit. God will cause you to rise up to do evangelism. God will cause you to rise up to seize purity. God will cause you to rise up. And in that journey, you let God lead you. But when God leads you, every journey of a rise and build is always exciting because you get to see God does the 80% as every one of us take our five loaves and two fishes, give it unto the Lord, and God will multiply. I want to stand with this church and to believe that your arise will be, will be a fantastic journey where God will lead you triumphantly. But would you, every one of us, take that word arise as, go, as though God is speaking to us and rise up in your life to live for God and to do the things that God has asked you to do. Can I good amen? Amen. All right, well, would you stand? Would you stand? All right? Okay, would you stand? Now, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. All right, I want every hand put where your heart is. I want to pray for that phrase to be alive in your heart and your spirit. Lord, I come before you. God, I thank you that arise is your vocabulary. Arise is a word that is of you, O God. When you say arise to all the different men and women of God, they rose, be counted, took on a task, an assignment, turned against the tide, rise up and fulfill the call that God has for them. God, I pray today as we stand here, Lord, I pray for that phrase arise and that word to be a word that is not in the Bible, that is not just in one or two individual lives, but every one of us, oh God, will seize that word, oh God. That word will burn, that word is a word that we will pray about it, that word is a word that we will read about it, that word is a word that we will obey even as we rise and be counted to live a life that honours you and make disciples. I pray, O oh God, Lord, that you take on this church, O oh God, through a journey of a rise and build. And when that time comes, O oh God, that the presence of the Lord will go before them, that you will open doors that no one can shut, O oh God, and you will shut every door where no one can open. So God, I bless Pastor Mark and Terry, the entire leadership team, as you speak to them and encourage them, we thank you, we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. amen.